I couldn't, you know, <laughs> we come up with all these little catchy titles and all, which really don't mean anything. But the only one that I could come up with today, of course, our sermon series has been heaven, uh, with our little subtitles after that. The one today, when do we leave? When do we leave? Uh, how many times have we uh, been talking amongst ourselves, uh, children of God, and just said, you know, it would be all right if the Lord came back today? How many times have we thought to ourselves, man, that place sounds good. But I want us to understand that there is a program that God is got us enrolled in as a child of God. That we have things to do, we have things to complete, that there is a task for you and I as a child of God to accomplish. Uh, this is not, you know, well, you know, the kids, you know, uh, Rebecca went down to spend the week with uh, McKenna this week, and uh, they're, as far as I know, tearing up, you know, Disneyland down there, Disney World, whatever it is, uh, down there in Florida. But uh, Rebecca, they was telling me about these things called fast passes, uh, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's got something to do with a bracelet or something they wear. I, I don't understand them completely. But the concept of it is, I, I know Blair could come up here and tell us all about that. Uh, she could tell us about the fast pass. But the concept, I believe, of it, what it is, is that you make arrangements ahead of time, and when you get there and the line's there, you just go up and show your fast pass, and they're like, come on in. Come on, come to the front of the line. Well, heaven don't have a fast pass, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, but there's no fast pass to heaven. We all have to walk through the line. But there is a beautiful, uh, beautifulness, if you will, to walking in that line, to being in the, uh, the work, the task that is involved on our way to heaven. So let's go ahead and get into scripture. I'm going to read the entire chapter of Revelation 22. I was trying to go through there and say, well, where do we need to stop at? And I'm like, well, let's just stop at the end. Let's just go all the way through it. Uh, because that's uh, the most important thing. Not that you hear me talk, but you hear the scripture speak. So let's begin. Revelation chapter 22. Uh, we touched on the first few verses a little bit last week. We'll go back and read those again. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on the either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. 
Then saith he unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of the brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and saucers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testified these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What better way could there be to end the scriptures? What better way could there be? This sees the body of Christ entering in to eternity. Now just let us go back a little bit because we need to understand what we talk about when we say heaven. There's a, a great deal of things that people will talk about. Well, when we get to heaven or they've gone on to heaven or these types of things. And when we talk a lot about heaven, we think of what? We think of the gates of pearl, the streets of gold, and being there uh, in the presence of Jesus and everything. But what we need to understand is what exactly Scripture is talking about when it's talking about this time, when we enter into heaven. Now we know that heaven, as we understand it, the gold, the city of gold, the gates of pearl, that is after the millennial reign. Remember, Christ must return to take out the church out of the world. That will happen right around the time of the seven-year tribulation. And after that, the church is taking out. And then after the wrath of God is poured out on all the world, those that have opposed him, then the second coming of Christ, when Christ returns with his church, We'll, we've been raptured out. We're going to come back with him. And that's when he sets up the millennial kingdom. And at that time, Christ will rule and reign on the earth from the throne of David in Jerusalem, physically be on the earth. And we will come back and rule and reign with him. Now notice that. That is a thousand years. After that thousand years, 
during which time we abide here on this earth still. We've come back. Portions of the curse have been lifted. We know that longevity of life will be restored, that people will live a long, long time. Remember, Scripture tells us that a man that dies at 120 years old will be considered infant mortality because the longevity of life will be restored. That we go through that time, that thousand-year reign, where Satan is bound up, and then after he's loosed at the end of that thousand years and attempts to restart the war with God, and God says, enough of this, fire comes from heaven, consumes all of those that oppose God, And then we have the great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand year reign. And that is when all those that have yet to be judged, remember the church, the saved have already went in the rapture. They went to the Bema Seat judgment. Christ has come back the second return to earth. The sheep and the goat judgment has happened for those remaining on the earth. And at the end of the great, or at the end of the tribulation, the great white throne judgment, all those that have been dead that have yet to stand at a judgment seat will stand at the great white throne judgment. And then that's when Satan and all those that have followed him are cast into hell forever. Now, really, really recognize. Because hell was made for the devil and his cohorts, for no one else. Hell is not a place made for mankind. Remember, mankind, we are made in the image of God. Male and female, he created them. He created us in his image. And hell was not prepared for us. So at the end of this thousand-year reign, when... Satan and all those that have followed him are cast into hell for eternity. Then, at that time, remember, this is where we started at in Revelation 21. Behold, I am making all things new. And we saw at that time a new heaven. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down. And we saw the new heaven and the new earth. And Christ himself said, I am making all things new. This is where heaven starts. That is where heaven starts. At that point and at that time, what we know as heaven, what we think about in our minds when we talk about heaven, that is when it starts. At the end of that thousand year reign after the great white throne judgment when Christ himself says behold I am making all things new new heaven new earth okay no more sea sorry for all you who is looking for that oceanside mansion no more sea but you know what I'm pretty sure that where we're going to be at there might be a planet or two that's made just for ocean people okay you might have a planet full of beaches or something like that remember the place where we're going to be is indescribable it is almost incomprehensible but god does give us a description and give us an understanding of this place that we are going to because it's not a myth it is not a fairy tale it is not a pipe dream it is future history For the child of God, it is 
future history. We are going to this place. If you are saved, if you belong to Him, this is your future. And that's what you have to understand. Because that will determine how you live right here and now. Are things so that you can't be enthused about living for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are things in your life got you down, got you depressed? Need to look where you're headed. You need to look at who you are. Let's find out who you are. You see, over in uh, uh, chapter, or not chapter 22, but verse 5 there. Notice, this is one of the things I want to bring out. Because this is what John was talking about. And this is something that's very, very easy for us to just kind of read right over and not really get the grasp of what it is saying to us. But notice this, child of God. Notice this, born again believer. And there shall be no night. This is verse 5, chapter 22. There shall be no night. No night there. There shall need no candle. Neither light of the sun. Talked about that. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Whoa, back up. Back, what? What did that last phrase say? They shall reign. Reign. Do you know what reign means? It means to rule. To reign over. To be in charge of. Now, think about this, because this just gives us a little glimpse, a little glimpse now, of what this future existence, this future history for us, will entail and be like. Because of all the places that I've ever looked, of all the history that I've ever read, of all the books I've seen, of all the uh, everything, every story that's ever been told, anybody that's ever reigned has had something to reign over. See what I'm saying? Y'all heard the saying before, haven't you? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you got a room full of chiefs, you ain't going to get nothing done. But think about this. We as a born-again believer in the living God, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, if we are belonging to Him, we are going to reign forever and ever. You are a king and a priest through Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm a poor person. I don't have much in this world. You are a king and you are a priest in Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I, I only made it to the 7th or 8th grade. I never got very far with my education. You are a king and you are a priest in Jesus Christ. Some of you may be saying, well, you know, I'm a woman. You are a king and you are a priest in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you. Well, I thought women were queens. No, you'll be a king. 
You're going to be a king. No queens there. All kings. Through Jesus Christ, you are a king and you are a priest. It does not matter your station in this life now. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are going to rule and reign forever and ever. The devil wants you to forget about that. Satan wants you to get discouraged in this life. Satan wants you to get discouraged in this world. But listen, through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you need to understand who you are right here and right now. You are a king and a priest. Scripture tells us our future history is that we are going to reign with Him forever and ever. That tells me whatever time in that place holds for us that we're going to be there at the forefront of it. We're going to be involved right in the middle of it. We're going to be going with Him. Whatever He has for us, know this, we are going to reign with Him forever. That's indescribable. That's incomprehensible. I mean, for somebody like me to, to think that, that, that my opinion or that what I could do with, would bring value to any type of ruling situation. I mean, imagine, you know, if my phone was to start ringing and, and, I, and I said, hold on, y'all, a second. And I answered the phone and, you know, uh, it said the, the governor of Georgia wants to talk to you. Well, I don't know the governor of Georgia. He's heard about you. He wants to talk to you. Well, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it won't happen. This phone ain't ringing, at least not from the governor of Georgia. Well, think about that. What, what if it rung and they said, hey, the president of the United States is on the line. He needs to talk to you right now. He values your opinion. Once again, not going to happen. But think about that. But you see, child of God, look, just, just listen to me for just a second. Because the devil tries to beat you down and beat you down and beat you down. Tell you you're nothing. You're nobody. You're worthless. You can't accomplish anything. And listen, I, I'm not trying to demean the governor of Georgia, that, that title, that position, I'm not trying to demean the presidency of the United States, but let me tell you right here and right now, those positions are nothing, nothing in light to the creator of all that exists. And guess what? Yeah, he values your opinion. He loves you. He desires for you to rule and to reign with Him for all of eternity. All you've got to do is make that choice. That's what He said. We are going to rule and to reign with Him. Christian, don't forget who you are. Look at this next verse. Verse 10. And He saith unto me, this is after John had fell down to attempt to worship him. He's like, get up off of your face, boy. That's the Fish Creek version. <laughs> get up off of your face and don't be trying to do that to me. Worship God. And then he said to him this thing. 
Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. What, what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? What John saw, so you see this is what we have to understand, what John saw and what Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 12 are basically the same thing. I believe Isaiah saw this. I believe Paul saw this. I believe Peter saw this. It's a possible Jude probably. There's several of them that saw these things. We know from Scripture these things were revealed to different people. They were revealed to Daniel in Daniel chapter 12. But when we go back and look at what the angel told Daniel, he said this. Because Daniel was looking and he said, do you understand what you see in Daniel? And Daniel's like, I, I don't get it. Explain to me. And then the angel said this. Don't worry about it, Daniel. Seal it up. Not for you. Seal it up. Because it's for the end times. It's for the last days. So you seal it up. Don't worry about it. You're going to die a good death. And at the end of the time, you're going to be standing there doing your work for God. Okay. Well, what does that have to do with this? Well, I'm sure, you know, because you've been around me before, uh, you've heard people talk about this. Well, how do we know we're going to be, how do we know when the last days get here? How do we know when the end of time is at hand? You ever heard anybody ask you that? You ever heard somebody wonder that? What did the angel tell Daniel? Daniel chapter 12. The angel said this to Daniel. In verse 8, he said, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O Lord, what shall the end of these things? What shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. The words are closed and sealed up till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolation set up, there shall be a hundred, a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So the angel tells Daniel, seal it up because it's for the end of days. It's for the last times okay now remember this is what john saw what daniel saw john saw but what does the angel tell john seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for what the time is at hand you know what people ask you when's the end of time when are the last days we have been in them for almost 2,000 years. We have been 
in the last days for almost 2,000 years. Think about that, church. Think about the mercy of God. Think about his long-suffering. Think about his grace. You say, well, I just don't know about that, Joy. Well, we have types that explain these things to Old Testament types of future events that show us these types of things. We see this same pattern in the flood, if you will. All right? Because the flood, what happened with the flood? The flood just, Noah just didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I need to go down, uh, you know, to the local boat store and buy a big boat. And, you know, because the flood's coming. No, God told him, build this ark. But even before that, way before that, God was making preparations to judge the world. Because there was this guy named Enoch that was born one time. Uh, Had a son over there. Enoch had a son named Methuselah. Methuselah had a son named Lamech. And Lamech had a son named Noah. But God told Enoch, Enoch, that judgment was coming upon the face of the earth. Judgment was now. This is way before Noah is even born. This is way before Noah was even born. And you see, Enoch knew that his son Methuselah, because that you know we've studied that before. Methuselah, in his name, what his name really means is his death shall bring. Enoch knew that when Methuselah died, God was going to bring judgment on the face of the earth. And we know this from historical record. Methuselah died, the flood came. Noah had to be ready. But you see, Methuselah is a type, if you will, of God's mercy and grace. And what do we know about Methuselah? 969 years, that makes him the oldest dude we've ever known about. And he's a type of God's long-suffering and grace. What does that tell you about our God? What does that tell you? You see, the angel told Daniel, seal it up because it's for the end of the time. But then the angel told John, don't seal it up because the time is at hand. And for 2,000 years almost, God has stayed his hand. God has waited. God has been merciful. God has been just. But you see, church, Scripture tells us, that's what, uh, when he he talks about these things at the beginning, he said, I'll show you these things that must shortly come to pass. People say, well, that means they're going to happen back then at that time. No, what that means is you won't see them, but when you do see them, when they do begin to happen, they're going to happen rapidly. And this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing right here, right now. There's never been a time in history from that point when these words were given to John that things have been the way the scripture is going to say they be like now. Israel. Israel's been away from their land for almost 2,000 years and all of a sudden back in 1948, hey, go back and make a nation. Yeah. Oh, you know, they don't have Jerusalem anymore. 1967, uh, you know, hey, let's attack Israel. But guess what? Boom, Israel fights back. 
Jerusalem is ours. Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, is under control of the Israelis, of the Jewish people, for the first time in almost 2,000 years. It's all in here. It's all in here. And yet we live in a time where people say, well, allegory, allegory, symbolic. That's not for us. Jesus is not really coming back. He reigns in our hearts. There's really no millennial kingdom. He's just reigning in our hearts and we just do the best we can. No, 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 no. If Jesus Christ does not sit on the throne of David in Israel and does not rule and reign, he is not the Messiah. That prophecy must needs be fulfilled. It has not been fulfilled yet. It has to be fulfilled. That's why Satan hates Israel. That's why Satan hates the church. If he can stop the church from being raptured, he can break prophecy. You see what he's doing? Because the church, because the the scripture tells us that Christ is coming back for his church. So he says, guess what? I'm going to corrupt the church so much. I'm going to put so much false teaching in it that there's going to be nobody to rapture. A break prophecy. But he's going to fail. And then when, he, when that happens, he's going to turn to the Jewish nation. And guess what? Scripture says what? Christ is going to come back and rule and reign. But guess what he's going to say? If I can drive the Jews into the sea. You ever heard that before? That's what they say over there in Iran. We're going to, we're going to drive them into the sea. Going to drive the Jews into. Why do you think that bunch is so uh, bent out of shape to get rid of the Jews? Because they're following their master Satan. Because that's his plan. If I can get rid of the Jews, I can break Scripture. That's what he's trying to do. But you see, the angel told Daniel. You know, you seal it up because it's for the end time. And what's going to happen, he said, people are going to be running to and fro. And what? Knowledge shall be increased. Get this. Because this pattern is shown to us in Scripture. You say, well, uh, the angel told John not to seal things up. So we understand everything, right? Well, not so fast. Not so fast. You see, this is a process for you and I. We understand more today about Revelation than we ever have in the past. But hold on. Tomorrow, we should understand even more than we do today. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be things, there are things that will be revealed in the future that are not revealed at this time. We must be what? Faithful. Look at 22.14. Blessed are they that come to church every Sunday. Oh, it don't say that, does it? Blessed are they that put the most in offering plate every Sunday. Oh, it don't say that either, does it? Blessed are they that have on the finest looking suits every Sunday. Nope, that's not it either. Blessed 
are they that do his commandments. That they, get this church, that they may have right to the tree of life. <laughs> and enter in through the gates into the city. You see, church, oh, I'm saved. I go to church. I've said a special prayer. I do this. I do that. No, your salvation will be manifest in your love for the Savior. If you love him, Christ said this, uh, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Because why? They are going to be the ones that have the right to the tree of life. You remember that tree, don't you? Yeah, it's the one that Adam, not this Adam. First Adam. The one Adam blew it on. Yeah. But guess what? We're going to have the right to walk up to that tree. Its leaves, it tells us, are for the healings of the nation. It tells us about the fruits of that tree. It'll be a different fruit every month. You ever seen a tree like that? I ain't neither. Man, I can't wait. A different fruit every month. And the leaves are for the healing of the nation. And then he talks about that we may have the right to the tree of life. We may enter in through the gates of that city. You remember we talked about that city. We talked about that uh, 1,374 miles long wide. A 1,374 miles wide long. A 1,374 miles high. That beautiful golden transparent gold uh, cube that's descending out of heaven of what it must be. It has three gates on the north, three on the south, three on the east, three on the west, and then it's going to come down and it's going to reside on the new earth that Christ himself has made. And you see, that type is revealed to us 